Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Ready to rock, man? Let's do it. Cool. We got people on IG. We got people on Facebook hanging out with us. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast, where we get to work, making work a passion, living creative full-time. We interview artists, entrepreneurs, creatives, and people trying to do the things that they want to do out there. Uh, You're listening to episode 118 of the show. This is your host, Dave Swillam. Happy to be back here with an interview after a solo episode when this actually comes out. If anyone out there on the live streams wants to say anything, definitely feel free to throw stuff in the chats with Instagram, Facebook. Sometimes we're in the middle of a flow or something like that, but we can get into some things that you're shouting on. Today, I want to welcome a really special guest right now. This is Peter Maslanka, right? Yeah, you got it. it. Peter Maslanka. So Peter hit me up maybe, I think, what do you think, two months ago at this point? Uh, Almost three, actually. Dang, okay. Probably like three months ago, Peter hit me up and found this show as a listener when he had just been out of his job and found episode, I pulled it up, episode 57 that talks about when I got fired. And that had never happened in my life. And I like really let out. Like, if you haven't listened to that, you want to know what that's like. I share about it, all those feelings, and then kind of like the direction and the time where I just did freelance stuff until I found the next gig. But Peter found us like through the interwebs, just searching things and finding stuff and, and connected with me through email. And we've been chatting like, dude, your emails are like, our emails are the <laughs> longest emails. <laughs> I didn't say that to you today. Our emails are so long, dude. We had to like do like paragraph subject lines of like this thing that you said, this thing. And I, but uh, Peter's been like emailing back and forth with me. And and, uh, this is our first time on video together, but just happy to have him on the show. Like we've talked about a ton over the past three months. And like, once again, Peter, like, thank you for listening to the show and finding this and hitting me up and like do having like the, the thought to do all that, man. I'm, I'm like happy to have you here and, and share your story and hear what you're up to. Thanks so much, Dave. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, good to be on tonight. And, you know, it was quite the experience uh, finding you. I found you at a very difficult time in my life. I think if nobody's been fired before, it's, uh, it's definitely an experience to go to that, you know, if you, uh, you know, keep your head on straight, you can come out a lot stronger than before. Hundred uh, percent. So we, you know, we came, found you about, yeah, about three months ago. Uh, you know, first time I've had, had ever been let go too, and in my early thirties. Uh, you know, it was a really good reality check for sure. Found you. Uh, yeah. You know, I was just looking on Apple Podcasts and I just trying to kind of get a little bit of advice and stuff, and you know, kind of where you need to get your mind to. And I happened to find a, you know, just searched how do you get fired. What do you do when you get fired? And I found yours. <laughs> it was one of the top, uh, you know, up there that I found. It was right at the top. That's crazy. I listened to you and your uh, your buddy at the time. I can't recall his name. Ryan but, it was my yeah, Ryan. Time. Good guy. 
yeah, it was, uh, you know, I always like to kind of hear, uh, you know, everything in stories. I think it's good to get the whole picture and you kind of walk through your whole experience there. And, you know, I ended up taking away a lot of positives from that experience. Good, man. No, I'm like, I'm like, I already told you through email, but like, I'm super pumped a, that you found it and that you hit me up because like a lot of people find the podcast, but they don't always hit me up. And I love like hearing from everyone out there. And like, like there's so much, this is what's been awesome about doing this is like, there is such a big fucking world out there. And I meet people and hear these stories that like, I just wouldn't know about. There's no way I would know unless you hit me up, but yeah, absolutely. At this day and age, it's, it's really neat how you're able to get connected to people. Yeah, man. Yeah. We were just talking about that. Like with your friend on, on Twitter, like finding someone in like a different state or like, I'm going to go visit, uh, Dominic Mosier from uh, Mosier Audio on here in Michigan when I'm out there. It's like, it's fun. It's a, and then Simon Pellet's coming up from uh, Texas sometime to Maine. It's oh, wow. like, it's, it's cool to meet everyone, man. People have been digital for a while, but I uh, feel nonetheless a good friend of these people. So, uh-huh. uh, Peter, do you want to just talk people through like, uh, like, do you want to just start? I guess, like, there's a ton of stuff that we have to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Not sure. even enough time to like talk about everything, but like, do you want to just talk people through like, that experience again, just because my episode in 57, if you guys want to check that out, go check that out back for context. But I would love to hear your perspective, man. Cause like, I just had that episode that I like let out when that stuff went down in my life. But, uh, I don't know that I've like talked a bunch back on it. Like what was all this experience for you? And then we can totally like jump into a bunch sure, of sure. so, whatever you want to share on it, you know? So, I mean, it was, you know, it was a big reality check. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I felt it came out of nowhere, but, you know, often I think, you know, when bad things happen, uh, you know, it really matters how you respond to the situation, you know, and instantly when it happened, it was, it was fast and furious, but, you know, it's, I think it's important to reframe the situation, you know, instead of thinking what's wrong, think what's right. At the time, I, I realized that the job was already, it had been eating away at me for a long time. Um, I'm a big journaler and going back in time, uh, you know, in my journals, I, I noticed that, you know, I, I wasn't feeling great at the job. You know, I think through our discussions too, especially, you know, kind of what I got through your podcast, that podcast in particular, you know, it's okay to exit. And, uh, you know, sometimes even if it's not on your own terms, you know, there's no shame in exiting, no shame in getting fired. Um, you know, there's always something else out there for you. Right. And, yeah. you know, in the end, it took me about two months, just over two months to find a new job. You know, it's something I, I already like a lot better, but uh, yeah. It's okay to get fired. It's okay to exit when you feel like it. And then you were talking through your journal and I, I want to get into that. Sure. Sure. But like, yeah, man, like when that happened to me, that that had never happened in my life. And I never thought that that would ever, ever happen. Cause I'm always like, not, not in like a, a dickish way, but like, I'm a top performer. Like I work my ass off and I'm always like, I'm usually in sales jobs, but when it's a day job, because it makes, I just try to make the most money with what I can at the time to feed yeah. the creative. And I'm usually like, I'm always a top performer. So like, I'm, I'm never getting fired from stuff. And that was the first job where like me and the owner, we were not cool. We did not understand each other. Like things were just not 
I wasn't supposed to be there, dude. Like I just flat out, I even knew it. Like when I was like in there, I was like, this is temporary. Like I've got to get back out of here. This is just not what it was supposed to be. But when that stuff goes down, it's like, usually because neither one of you were supposed to be like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you felt the same way, Peter, but like Absolutely. when I got hired, I was like literally was relieved instantly, even though I was still like, I call my wife and I'm like, <laughs> this is a problem for us. Like this, we now have a problem. We got to figure out, you know, cause that's the only income, but it was like, when I got fired, I was like, Oh, thank God. You know? Yeah. Thank yeah. God. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm out. I'm good. Like he was like yeah. surprised by my reaction. Cause I was like, all right, great. <laughs> what do you need from me, man? And he's like, what's up? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm great. Like I'm actually okay right now. I just that, that's what really struck me, <laughs> you know, in your podcast was, you know, it, it put a smile on my face, frankly, you know, and then one of the coolest things you did, you know, I, I stole your, your play there, your playbook. I framed my termination letter. Yes. You know, I think you need to know that you can lose and it's, it's really important. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone out there, if you didn't listen to episode 57, I actually framed my termination letter and Peter did too, which made me like super pumped. Cause I didn't, I've never heard of anyone doing that. And uh, yeah, it's like, cause I want to know, I want to know that I can lose. I want to know that if anyone has control on the stuff that's happening in my life, that uh, they can make that an option and that I don't have that choice and that uh, every day is going to be its own thing. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Even when you feel like you're comfortable and you know exactly what's going to happen, someone else can make choices that change up your day, whether it's work or other things. Like this is anything. People, People can be in the car and like do something crazy in front of you. People can be out and about every day is a different day, man. We don't have control. Like we think we do sometimes we like, to no, no, we don't. We don't. And I think think that kind of hits on the out, the uh, importance of outcome independence, just because you, you don't know what will happen. I want to talk about your journaling piece because I don't think that I've heard people reference it in that way where I've talked about how I do journaling on the show. And a lot of other guests have mentioned it because it's just a really great practice. But I liked when we were talking beforehand, how you're talking about like, yeah, not only do I do it for like function in the day, but like I looked back on it and I saw trends in myself. I don't think that a lot of people have shared that on the show. Like, what were you seeing inside? Like, like explain, I guess, first what your journaling practice might be if you want to share that. And then like, it is, it's a little, it's a little that? structured. So yeah. I, I journal, I would say on and off. I try to do it at least once a week, you know, cause you you really capture a lot. Usually I'll just kind of do like a week recap and then, uh, and I have a little section. I'm, I'm really big into health and fitness and, you know, diet, stuff like that. So I have a little bit of section on that, how I'm feeling. If there's any foods that like irritate me or whatever. Uh, and then I'll do a section on investing. Uh, I like to, you know, look at the stock market and stuff like that. Energy stocks in particular. So, cool. uh, yeah. And then I, I write like kind of a big picture list of things to do. Just kind of simple like that. And then to keep it upbeat and, and also track my progress, I write an accomplishments section too. So it's not always just my accomplishments. Sometimes it'll be, even if it's like a really close friend of mine, uh, you know, shout out to my buddy, Peter Strzok out there. He, when he, he just graduated dental school uh, a month ago. So I, you know, I wrote that an accomplishment. Cheers. Um, you know, I think, so that's kind of how I structure my journal. It's really cool because you can see the progress that you're making. I mean, even just like salary wise, like I've had a you know a goal if I want to hit this salary for a job. 
you know, I keep writing it in my journal and every time I've always made that, that goal. But uh, I started about two years ago, I would say. And, you know, it's especially for, uh, you know, getting terminated at my last job. It, the writing was on the wall there that, you know, it wasn't the place I needed to be, you know, talking about, you know, not a great work environment and not enjoying the work itself. Uh, you know, in the end, it, it, I actually had been journaling that kind of from the get-go when I started that job about a year ago. Wow. So every month, you know, I'm, I'm putting this pen to paper and I didn't actually realize it until I let Gallico. go. I hadn't been looking back as much in my journal as I used to. Yeah. So it can be extremely revealing. Uh, I do Toastmasters, that public speaking organization that meets a few times a month. A lot of clubs out there. And I actually, this girl yesterday, uh, she did a speech that I evaluated about, uh, you know, how she's really negative about herself. And she, she realized that through journaling, she, you know, she went back through time and realize that, you know, okay, wow, I'm really critical. Hmm. Um, so it, it can be, I think it's extremely helpful exercise. It's been very helpful to, to me. Right. Cause it's like, like I journal daily, you journal weekly. They're like these trends that like, in terms of a self awareness piece, you really can't gather that perspective necessarily unless you analyze yourself. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like I've gotten really, incredible at self-awareness over the past two years compared to like really not not before but even even no matter how much you practice it how much you're like really paying attention to be like hey why do i do that thing i feel like nothing's more cut and dry than like the word you wrote in like an organic state and yeah. then like looking at that over a piece of time that's something that there's like no other way to get that perspective than like doing something like that that's really interesting that you you bring that yeah. point, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, if you're say you're, you are going through a hard time or a good time, but something positive in your life that you've been working at and just banging away at for a long time. And you see the fruits of your labor, you know, or, or something, a bad situation happens. It, it makes sense why it happened, you know, and then you can kind of troubleshoot and go back in time. Yeah. Like even like the, uh, I think about it, you know, what it reminds me of is if you do, your social media posts and you do like a share of like, this is me eight years ago or like the whatever years ago on Facebook and you reshare it out and you're like, dang, I didn't know what was going to happen or like, well, whatever. That's like the same vibe I feel like is like you're seeing yourself yeah. say a word on a certain time and you remember like, okay, that was happening at that time. That's why I was reacting positive or negative that way. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a good, good way to see it. Yeah. I do that a lot for, uh, I'm, and when we're talking about critical, I've said it on the show before, but it's like, I'm always critical of myself where I'm like, oh my God, I'm not getting this done fast enough. I'm not where I'm supposed to be fast enough. I'm not getting it done. And I look at the the journaling to be like, cause usually for me, I write, uh, I write usually on the daily. I have three things in order that like have to happen. Like number one is like mm-hmm. a fire. Like it has to happen before noon, 100%. And then I have like two other ones that like really are supposed to happen. But like if they don't happen, they get pushed to the next day. Uh And then I have like a, this is the week thing. Like these things should happen this week. And then I have like some like three month, six month, 10 year, like, like starts getting long term that are only, only for me to really read. They're not for me to act on. It's just for me to be aware of like, these are the things that you're roughly 
Is that in your journal too, the long-term stuff or is that like on a whiteboard or? Well, kind of both. I have a, I did a, I did an episode, I think on it right now, my life is interesting. So I have a whiteboard in my dining room plastered on the wall. (laughs) It's, it's also cause I'm renovating. So this place just looks like crap. So it doesn't make me feel worse being there. But I have that with like a bunch of different stuff on it. So I walk by it and I like eat dinner and I like have to like face some stuff and like see what's going on. So it's good for me right now, but it's weird. But journaling, I do what I just said. And and that helps me look back because I'll see some of my goals for that day or that week or that midterm, long term. Mm-hmm. And I'll see stuff that's like been crossed off way long ago. And I'll be like, oh, dude, you did a lot of stuff. Like you can relax. Like you have been doing a bunch of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't see that when I'm doing my daily thing, when I'm like, oh, you have to get this done, this done, this done. You don't see it when you look daily. You know, know? it's it's so easy to get caught up in the weeds of stuff, you know, whether you, you know, if like for me, in a sense, I, I needed to leave that job and I, you know, I ended up, I didn't until it was a little too late. But, you know, I think with journaling, especially too. Yeah. What were some of the things like for people out there that might be in a job right now where like they just need to get the hell out of there, but they're in it. You know what I mean? Like I totally get why it happens. It's very hard to see the forest for the trees. It's extremely hard. It's just there. You know what I mean? But what, what would be some like things that now looking back on that journal, looking back on some things and seeing it, what are some things that were like indicators for you where you're like, I should have gotten the hell out of here. I mean, obviously things work out for a reason, man. I just did a post the other day being like, everything happens for a reason. But were there some things that were like indicators that you like recognize after you were like, oh, these are all signs that like this wasn't what I'm supposed to be doing at the time. Absolutely. I mean, even just, even just saying, even just journaling, you know, work, work isn't fun. Simple mm-hmm. things like that even, or, you know, got in an argument with my boss or whatever you know, that, that was stuff that I, I had never have, I had never journaled about previously. So just kind of the change in terms of, you know, going from positivity to negativity alone, the mood in my journal changed. I could, I could just tell, right. Uh, you know, and that's not, that's not where you need to be, but it's, it's, uh, you know, self-awareness is just so important. It's the only thing you got, man. You can't go off of like the things that people perceive of you on the outside or what they think about your social feed or like whatever they think that you're up to. Cause none of that is real life. Like it's not really what's happening when you wake up and you get out of your bed in the day. And it's like self-awareness, like that's literally all you got, you know, it is, it is. And you know, you gotta, you gotta believe in yourself. And I mean, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like people say that, that, you know, they write a book on Amazon or something. They sell it on Amazon, you know, people, We'll give you five stars, but but some people will give you one stars. You know the one stars, the one star reviewers. What does that tell you? That means that you know I'm, I'm kind of stealing this from Seth Golden actually, but great. It doesn't. It, you know the one star reviewers mean that the book isn't for them. So if that job you know is is not, if you're getting all the you know these negative reports or whatever, the job's not for you then. That's right. Uh, you know, so there's people can perceive things so differently. Yeah. So I want to like, there's another thing I want to jump to, but like real quick, I want to make sure that we don't forget this because it was the first time that I'd heard about it. Tell me about what is this, this toast club? Like what, what exactly is this group? It's working on public speaking. It's working on public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's been a great group to, I, 
been doing it for about two years here. Uh, they're all over the country, all over the world. There's tons of groups. Some that you know they meet on you know almost every day of the week. What is pretty it much Toastmasters? Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Like you're giving a toast to somebody. Cheers. Uh, so you know you pay like a I don't know like maybe fifty bucks for a club dues every six months or something. But it's really cool because you get to do all these different roles uh, to get you outside of your comfort zone. Uh, you know, some people go in there a bit green. They've never spoken in public ever. Maybe mm. other people are, you know, just trying to, you know, maybe work on their speaking skills too. Uh, they might not be as fearful, but, and it's, you know, there's different roles. So like, for example, you know, if you want to get experience leading a meeting, you can be the Toastmaster of the day. Uh, you, you know, you start a theme for Toastmasters uh, for the whole club. Uh, other, uh, you know, other roles, maybe you're, you'll give a speech. Uh, another role, for example, what I did yesterday, you're just a speech evaluator. Uh, so you're, you're learning how to give feedback. You know, for, for me, sometimes I can be very direct. Mm-hmm. So it's been really helpful for me to learn how to, uh, you know, give people, uh, you know, <laughs> don't bring them down, essentially. Uh, you know, get, say the message to them in a uh, constructive way to, that'll mm-hmm. help them. Yeah. I'm also very direct and like that works like in a lot of ways because a lot of people are not direct. So sometimes people really appreciate when you're like, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. It can be an advantage. Great. But But, uh, also like there's some finesse that has to happen where there's like some people that like literally cry. If you're like, I hate that. They're like, Oh my God. So you have to like work to find that middle ground of like, I want to be real with you. I want to help you. I want to give you real feedback and you can take it or leave it. But I want to say it in a way that, that isn't me just being a dick to you. you <laughs> feel that. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool that like, it kind of captures like public speaking feedback, uh, like leading a conversation, leading a group. It's like a bunch of different dynamics that it kind of helps. Not just Lots of different speaking. skills, lots of different skills. I think it's, that's cool. I've never heard of that. Professional development at large. I think it's one of the best things anybody can do kind of along the lines too about evaluations and directness. I, I uh, definitely relate there too. I, I remember getting told when I was in college, like 20, when I was 20 years old, someone told me like, dude, what did you just say? And <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of neat. Actually, one of the speeches I did yeah. uh, that everybody does, I think in their, like there's different levels for, uh, you know, you do a program too. They have videos. Uh, so any topic you want to practice at, you, you sign up for like a, a pathway. I'm doing presentation skills. Others can be, for example, like persuasiveness. Mm. But one of the common speeches that everybody does is learning your style of speaking, which I think is one of the most helpful things. Uh, for example, directness, direct is a, a you know, type of speech. Uh, you know, that's kind of how I talk. Uh, you know, there's, so I think it's helpful. It's, it's, uh, kind of along the lines of self-awareness again it's really important for everybody to know how they they speak to people and are yeah. perceived absolutely yeah so what how long have you been doing that and when do you, what made you even find that or get into it so i've been doing it for about two years i looked into it maybe like five years ago when i first moved to to dc uh just on and off never committed um and then you know i finally 
finally uh, took the leap and just wanted to get more comfortable speaking. Uh, I, I talked about this in my icebreaker speech. It's the first speech for everybody. It's the speech that you no one forgets in Toastmasters. Hmm. Uh, when I was like, I was in Boy Scouts, I was probably maybe like 12 years old. I had to give a, a talk to a, a church group. Okay. And I, uh, I was so nervous. I remember I was so nervous that I, I froze. I had stage fright. I just oh. lost my words. I never forgot that. You know, and I'm a, I'm a big proponent for sure of, you know, never having these regrets or anything. And if, if you have something that, you know, you're mad, you want to get better at, just go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. It took me, it took me a while. Yeah. But I never forgot that moment. It's hard. It's that, that is a hard one to do, especially when you, uh, like level up or like sometimes like if you do stuff like that, all of a sudden you're in front of like a really big group and you're like, damn, this is just so much focus on everything that I'm doing right now. It's like, it's just the focus, man. It's just like, how much focus can you have on you? There's so many many things going on. Absolutely. And, and that's another important thing too, I think is, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like taking a cold shower or whatever, you know, it's something you get used to over time. Uh, You know, you build up, you build up that, uh, you know, psycho physiological response uh, you know, another benefit with Toastmasters is, yeah, just speaking and not just to one person, but you're having to look at maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 people all at once, uh, you know, and the importance of giving all of them eye contact. Oh, cool. Wow. This is such a cool, this is cool, man. I'm going to have to check this thing out. This, uh, th- do they ever do like any exercises like in like public, you know, like, <laughs> where you do things that like create a scene or something? No, they don't. Uh, That stuff's fun. Like, there's this thing that I did at Six Flags, and I would just go by, like, you'd see these, like, lunch areas that were outdoors that were just massive, but there really wasn't anything that was around. It was just a seating area, but that's why everyone would take the food that they got from carts and stuff. They would go there. And there was one day that I was like, I want to just get used to, like, large groups of people staring at me. So I would just shout John Smith or something like the most generic name. (laughs) Hey, John. And like, like everyone would look over and be like, what? Like, what is going on? What is going on? And I'd be like, I'd like act like I just kept waving. I'd start walking to the group. And then if you walk in while you're waving, like you're like staring at a person, even if they're not John, you just walk in, everyone starts settling down. They're like, oh, okay, he found the guy. They're like, don't worry about it. It's just but like these little social experiments are like, oh, um, it's so much fun, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it, like, get, it gets you out it's, there. It's you fun. Know, to, it gets rid of your fears. I like just testing like how people react to stuff. Or the other one is like, I like to see if you walk into things confidently, like how far can you get before people are like, wait, no, like you're not supposed to be here. Like, and, and with sales, like, Sometimes I have like out, like I, I, I walked when I was training, uh, in Boston, I would walk into like buildings, like 18 story, 20 story buildings, like large buildings of offices and stuff. And just like walk in and be like, how far can I get in these offices before someone's like, who are you? And it's amazing. You can walk anywhere. It's amazing. Yeah. No one will stop you. Right past security. They would look at us and they'd like, like prop his head and he'd be like, like, am I going to stop this guy? I'm like, what's up, man? How you doing? And I just like, keep going, like go to the elevator, go up. 
I would go through whole office buildings where I would legitimately walk through entire buildings of people and before people anyone like, even stopped look, you. They would look wow. at me yeah. and I'd be like, Hey, what's up, man? I was, happy Monday. Like say some generic crap. And, and I would go through whole buildings. No, <laughs> no one stops you, dude. If you just act like you're supposed to be there and you're like, what's up? Like, and, it, fascinating. and, it, and that stuff is amazing, man. And it like helps me get over things when I did that stuff. And oh yeah, especially for sales. I mean, I, I can see that being so valuable. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so much you can go with that. I, it reminds me of my uncle. He, uh, <laughs> he, he loves doing that kinds of stuff where he'll go to like, you know, say he'll be in Hawaii or whatever at the Fairmont, one of the nicest hotels there. And he'll just walk in and, you know, they'll have food out and stuff because it's such a nice hotel. Yeah. You know, he'll start eating it. Sometimes he's gone to the swimming pools there. He's not oh, staying there. Oh. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so yeah, I, I up, totally guys? feel you there. Oh, apples today. Right on. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can really, uh, it's, it's funny, but yeah, especially for getting outside, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, uh, you know, and not being afraid to be speaking to people or whatever, especially sales. That's gotta be huge. Yeah. Like, like all of this conversation is like, if people, people out there, if you have like a hard time, you know, interacting with people and you want to get better about it, you don't have to, like we just did an episode on networking and I talked about a bunch of different ways that introverts can meet a ton of different people in a lot of cool ways. Like me and Peter have been emailing for like three months and this is our first time. So, but if you ever trying to get better about this stuff, try some of these things. You know why? Because no matter what happens, you like don't die from this. Like no, sure. what's the worst thing that can happen? It feels yeah. like it. But then like the worst thing that happens is like the security guards, like, dude, get the hell out of here. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. you're right. I need to leave. You know, or like they they look at you and they're like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I am an idiot. I'm yelling. I'm an idiot. But nothing happens. Like you go home that day, you're healthy, you're good. You go to bed, you wake up the next day. None of your friends even know what happened. It's just like, try these things out. If you want to like get outside your comfort zone, like you're not going to die from any of this stuff. You'll never die from it. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. social anxiety. I mean, it's, it's a, and so many people, you know, they, they have it, but it's, uh, you don't even have to join Toastmasters. You can just yell John Smith at Six Flags. <laughs> that's the, that's the, uh, the ghetto way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Peter, like back on some of your like time through the two months or whatever, what did you notice through like that time? Cause like, as we were getting like, as you're like updating me and like, Hey, this is what I'm up to right now. This is where I'm doing this, is what I'm feeling. What's because it's funny because like I also had like it was probably two and a half, it was probably two months. It was really around the same same amount of time, you know. And it was interesting because I also felt differently in the in that time. Like there were periods of like where I was like totally cool with it for like two weeks. I was just straight up like zen. I was like, people are like, dude, you you don't have you got fired. Like you have no income. Like that's got to be stressful. And I was like, I'm cool, man. This is awesome. Like I'm. I'm going to figure out what I'm doing, but like, I feel good now that I'm not dealing with that dick. And, (laughs) (laughs) but then like another two weeks and I was like, I don't have enough savings that I can hang out. So I do have to make money. And then like, there was like, after I applied for a bunch of places, I was like doing audio and doing freelance work. And that was great that I had like a side thing that I'd been doing along the way. But you got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I'm like 
dying, dude. Like I feel like I've done everything and I feel like time's moving forward and I'm like screwed right now. And then like there were times where I got a next gig and it was coming and I was like almost indifferent because it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but it was like good situation anyway. And I was just like, I don't give a shit about anything right now. I was like, feels, <laughs> you know, and then like I was yeah. back in the swing. And I was there. It was just a weird transition. Like, what was your like transition like? It's a wacky time. I mean, so I, I think that, you know, that time condensed, it's, it's almost like you live like a few years in a few months. It's, it reminds me kind of like yeah. you go out for a, maybe a long run, six, seven miles, uh, you know, and if you're going fast or whatever, sometimes that, that hour run can feel like a lifetime. Yes. So, so there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of peaks and valleys, you know, it was never like I was happy, go lucky the whole time. Uh, you know, that was definitely not the case. But, you know, I think a lot of things just helped having a, a solid foundation from the get-go. Um, I'm kind of a creature of habit. So, you know, having, you know, my diet routine, eating healthy throughout the whole time. Mm. Um, you know, I have a, fian- a lovely fiance who, you know, was extremely motivating the whole time. Um, you know, and I had to go at the end of the day to get fired <laughs> with my company. You know, she wrote like a little message in my uh, you know, on a note card to tell me, you know, all the positive attributes about me, you know, I just kind of stuck in there. That's all. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's not easy of of course, but, uh, you know, I think just having that positive mindset, really knowing that, you know, this is just a temporary phase of my life. This isn't something that's going to last for a year. Uh, hopefully not at least because sometimes some people, it will take them a year. Uh, to find a new job. Why? You know, I think really just sticking in there, you know, being, you know, I'm a fighter, whatever, telling yourself whatever you need to, reaching out to old friends, or a lot of, you know, I was really lucky. A lot of my old colleagues from that job that I got fired from reached out to me just to check in maybe once a week, whatever, you know, that things like that are really important. The journaling, of course. But also, I think kind of detaching yourself from the situation and being outcome independent, uh, you know, like, for example, I told myself, okay, you know, I, I'm a big saver. I had, you know, six months, whatever of uh, smart money saved up. So that that also, you know, that gives you the freedom. It kind of goes, we could maybe down the road in this podcast, talk about, you know, having that, you know, F you money, essentially. Yes. Yes. We talked about having that. It's important to have, oh, you know, dude. when people say save for rainy day, it's no joke. Yes. Uh, you know, I think pay off your loans first and then get that rainy day fund going right away. But I think depending on your loans, man, even yeah. before that, because if you have like car loans, if you have student debt, if you have things that are going to take you a long time to pay off potentially, I think get the fuck you money as soon as possible, even before paying off those loans, because you need to have the power to make decisions in your life. Absolutely. You and need you to be able to think clearly. To, yes. Because uh, that's, you know, that's what I noticed. I mean, when I first came to, to DC, I, uh, you know, I was working like an internship making $10 an hour. Yeah. You know, it, it was rough times. Uh, it was after I finished grad school, you know, it took me, I don't know, maybe five months to find a job at the time. And it was, it was yeah. a lot tougher than this time. Because this time I had the solid foundation to, you know, to go off of, 
you know, so I, I think one of the key things was not really just trying to like as much as you can, if you have the financial resources, you know, not changing your life. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, like even right after I got fired, I think I invited several of my buddies over, you know, I still bought, you know, a steak and we, we grilled steak together and I never told them that I got fired or anything. I just, you know, I was just having them over to have a fun time. Like we always do. So really yeah. keeping, keeping your, your life, you know, no different maybe than it was before. It changes every action that you take. Like even like for those that are in a day job, maybe you're like not in love with it. It changes the way that I function in anything. Like when you have a boss, it literally makes it so that you change the way that you interact because like there's, there's more power that you have than you realize. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're a human being. You have a skill set. You, you know, are, are most likely good at what you do. And it's like, there's all this shit that comes down from upper management and companies, but they don't, they do that because like you react to it in a way that like allows it to happen. I've noticed for a long time, like I remember this is back. I'm not going to speak at anything, but like now, but like back at uh, a day job that I had at Verizon, my boss texted me and was like, are you even like doing like work today? Because I was doing so bad at like stuff on metrics, but like I was dealing with some like crazy shit with my employees and stuff. And I remember like, I had I had eaten the shit for a long time with the way that I was spoken to and the way that I reacted. Like I just was a part of that. You know what I mean? Like you enable it. And then that time yeah. I was like, I was like, at dude, the time you probably didn't have the self awareness, yeah. Right. And so like Which at that time, I I like talked to him and I was like, if you want to come here and do the exact same thing that I'm doing, I guarantee you you're gonna fail it. And I don't want to hear you say that to me ever again in your life. And then like it was like I was like, damn, wow. I cannot believe I just talked to my boss that way. <laughs> But it was because I had just enough savings where I was like, if I get fired right now, like I'm not going to be happy. Things aren't going to be great, but like I'll survive. But like I'm not living this way, and like no, that no. changed the dynamic, and things got good there because like I got respect, and it was like, oh shit, I can't just like shit on this human being. This person's aware of their self worth, and they're going to do their thing, and like I'm still their boss, and they recognize that, but like they're not going to just like do whatever. And I, I, I will never do whatever again, dude. Like, and, and that helps me make better decisions. It helps me be a better person in every situation because I'm not afraid of something for vanity. I'm afraid of something because it's truly the wrong thing, but I'm not making decisions based off of whatever, like some type of conversation or like preconceived notion or anything. I'm making decisions that I think are the right decision all the time for me or for my business or for whatever is happening, whether it's in a day job or outside of a day job. When I, when I got out of college, I was in a Jeep on fire. Like that's what my car was. It would catch on fire when I was driving down the highway ever. So every so many miles, cause it was just messed up. I had zero money and I was making decisions out of fear. And that's when I, I didn't like, I tried to go for it and do audio for like six months off of that but it was making me be bad because I was doing whatever I had to do to make money because I was screwed, dude. And it's like when you make decisions out of fear or you're basing your day-to-day actions out of like fear, that's what that fuck you money does for you is it makes it so that you're making decisions off of the moment, off of like whatever decision of like, what am I supposed to do the right thing right now? 
It's not because you're afraid of some other alternate reaction to what could happen. It's because you're like, this is the right thing to do right now. Yep. I believe in yeah. that, man. I really believe in it. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's huge. You know, in terms of you need that base. You know, I, I had enough savings where I, yeah, I, I could have stayed out of my job probably longer. But, you know, without that, it's, it's extremely important. Especially kind of, that's kind of what I got out of the whole experience too, in terms of reframing things. And, and yeah, especially kind of standing up for yourself more, you know, and, and knowing, okay, we said this a lot in the emails is, you know, not, not being on somebody else's time. Time is limited. And, you know, time is, I would argue, it's the most important thing for anybody. By the way, if, I would recommend anybody, if they type in The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg, the movie on YouTube, you type in The Gambler, uh, FU Money, the clip will come up. It's a great clip. It's like a minute and a half. I'll put that in the show uh, notes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone out there, like my rant aside, because I know that it sounds like shitty when you don't have the money because I didn't have the money and it's not, I'm not rich right now, but like I, I put that money aside for that purpose. It comes down to like, how bad do you want it to happen? And if you are like, if you want that control in your life, if you don't feel that it's like, I took out cash for my food for like per week, I took out a set amount of cash and that's how I bought my groceries was to make it so that, I don't spend more money on stuff for no reason. Like I have cash in my little like week one, week two, week three, week four. Yeah, you had a budget. Literally stuff like that, dude. I budgeted so tight so that every little shaving went into savings until I had the fuck you money. And then once I had that, I have zero compromise of that going away. When when big stuff comes up and like expenses come up, that's not allowed to be touched. Like that has to be there and I find some other way to afford it or whatever. But like, I'm not giving that up ever again, man. Like once you have that to just make decisions and six months is the best, Peter, but like for anyone out there, it's like not even at like three months or like one month, like the average American, I think the average American, the statistic is can't afford an expense, a shock expense of $400 or more. That's fuck dude. That our whole country is based off of this. It's not good. This deficit of like fake, ability to live. It's like, I get it. I'm living it. I'm a millennial in debt. Like it's what happens and I'm still trying to do stuff on other stuff. And so, but I think it's like a game of leverage. Like you can have debt, but like you need to know where the leverage is at. And my goal is like not to give that leverage to anyone else. Like my goal is to have control on that leverage, regardless if I'm, I'm borrowing money or not. I want things making money in a way that it's fighting that so that uh, even if you're leveraged with debt against you, you have like other, think of it as like a war people. Like you have like people on your side that are fighting like a battle against that stuff. And I don't know, I'm going to stop tangenting out, but totally fuck you money. I'm going to put this thing in the show notes. <laughs> Get it. You should focus on it till you have it. Like it's not a lot of money. It's just something to defend you from people making decisions for you. So yeah, I mean, uh, definitely if I didn't I didn't have, you know, the 6 month savings, it would have been it would have been a much harder time. You know, unemployment, um, you know, I didn't get unemployment even though I filed for it uh the first, you know, 3 months or whatever. It's you know, I don't know if it was backed up with COVID or whatever, but you know, you got to you can't rely on it. Nope. Same, I didn't get it either. I don't think I did apply cuz I was just like 
I don't even know. I like want it almost as a motive. It's not a lot either, though. I don't it's, want it. <laughs> it's not even much money, anyways. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's just taking ownership, really, for yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry, people. I've like totally tangented on that, but I'm passionate about that one, man. You lit me up. Uh, like, <laughs> I guess uh, coming back out of this, like now you're in a path and you're like, hey, I love this now. Like, what? What went into some of those different transition periods through that time? Like what was going through your mind and like what's back like out of the other side of it? Um, so I, I think, you know, I, I think in terms of career and everything, uh, you know, it kind of brought me back to what I was doing at my uh, a few jobs ago, actually, which I enjoyed much more. Uh, you know, it's something that kind of played more to my strengths versus uh you know my previous job I was looking at documents all day you know it wasn't I wasn't getting that face to face interaction as much and engaging people uh so it kind of you know kind of taught me you know again what what are my strengths essentially hmm. um you know I I uh also took a personality test it's called Clifton Strengths no way and yeah it's really cool it's uh, i think it's like maybe 50 bucks or something cool but the whole concept is that you know it focuses on your strengths rather than your weaknesses hmm. um there's about 34 uh 32 maybe uh you know indicators or whatever and it's not that like you know the bottom one you're not good at it's just that it takes more uh mental energy for you to do it hmm. so uh, you know, like some of my strengths are responsibility, discipline, focus, uh, self-awareness, I think might be it or something, but stuff like that. So that really helped, uh, you know, kind of centering myself, uh, you know, again, because I'm getting married soon in November and Congrats, before man. that, thank you. Yeah. I can't wait. Amazing fiance. Uh, before that, you know, I kind of got lost in the weeds, just doing wedding planning all the time. And, you know, especially doing that job, you know, I knew I wanted to leave it. I was planning on leaving it kind of like midsummer for something else. So what losing my job did really was just fast track that process, Mm. you know, in terms of quality of life again. I mean, my fiance tells me I come home happier. You know, you can't put a price on that kind of stuff. Yeah, it bleeds out into everything. I mean, that's like the point of the show is like waking up from work, living life full time. It's not about not like working hard at stuff. It's just about working so that you don't feel like you're working. And if you're yeah, working smarter, I think feels like that, and then you need to get out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't feel like that. And, um, you know, like for example, too, I, I was kind of like experimenting on myself. So, you know, you have so much, I had so much extra time. I, I, uh, you know, I had a, Several friends tell me, you know, like enjoy this because it's you're not you might not get it again. Sure. So for example, one of my buddies, um, amazing guy Danny, uh, he has a company Z and Z, and they they sell a, like Middle Eastern flatbread, hmm. really tasty stuff. And uh, interesting, yeah. And he, you know, we got you know he's a, a small business owner, so Danny he's working a lot of hours, but he doesn't have your typical nine to five. So we got tea, I think, at like two o'clock one day together. You know. I'm like that. Or my buddy, one of my buddies, we went running one day, you know, and at 11 o'clock and even during the pandemic, I wasn't teleworking that much. So, you know, my buddy was telling me, you know, how amazing it was just that we could run together at that time of day. 
Um, but in terms of the kind of like experiments too, I, I started the carnivore diet for, I did that, uh, you know, for three months during the time I was unemployed and it was, you know, it was pretty, pretty eye opening. Um, you know, a lot of interesting <laughs> insights from that. Hmm. Carnivore diet. Is that being like everything that you have is only meat? Uh, mostly. Yeah. Mostly, uh, you have wow. fat dairy's allowed. Um, but pretty much no carbs. Uh, you know, they, if you're like crazy strict, then it, it is that, but I, I still had like berries, for example, just to get a little bit of carbs in, but yeah, I was eating liver <laughs> every other day or so. I've still, I still do that. I still eat liver every other day. Oh, yikes. I won't be trying that diet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everybody. That's for sure. cool, man. But that's yeah. cool. Yeah. I think running experiments, I like uh, time-based experiments. I really do. Like giving yourself like, hey, I'm going to do this thing for 30 days. or I'm going to do this thing for 90 days or whatever. There is like a vanity to it of like people see you drop off of stuff. Like if it's not the right thing and uh, they might say something and be like, oh, well, it looks like that didn't work out or whatever. But like there's a lot of times when you do that stuff and then something sticks because you did like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You oh, get, you I get love pieces that of it, you know, and, and I like, think it goes back to this. Yeah. Not caring what people think about you too, yeah. you know, but yeah, like, you know, I, I did it partially just cause I had uh, some IBS issues sometimes and it really cleared it up. And then skin conditions, I had, uh, like eczema on my face, eczema and just eliminating all the carbs and everything. It, it cleaned mm-hmm. it up. So, you know, other things too, I did cold showers for a year. Uh, that was, what brutal. did you think about it? What did I you think it. about it? It was okay. amazing. Me too. Uh, <laughs> My fiance, she made fun of me for like every day, but I didn't care. <laughs> you know, it was, it was not for the health benefits too. It was uh mindset. Yeah. Mindset, mental toughness. So we had, uh, we had Jesse Harless was episode three on the show, starting the first interview on the show uh, because he was a entrepreneur that was working in a job that I was working at. And he like really kind of like, when he went and left his day job, that really challenged me of being like, okay, I can do this thing. But he wrote a book that I did the audio for to do the audio book of it called <laughs> Smash Your Comfort Zone with Cold Showers. Oh, so I love when, that. when I was love recording that, that book for him, yeah, I took cold showers because whenever I do like music for people or audio or I'm in the studio, whatever project it is, like say it's like uh, a song about depression or it's a song about love or it's anything i try to get all in on like what that vibe is like an actor i want to feel that way so that that way we're all in a session like feeling out like how do we need to make this art so when you were doing cold shower book i was like i'm doing this man expose yourself to it yeah i'm doing cold showers and i did cold showers every single day for probably about maybe not a whole year but probably about four or five months that's a good amount of time still to really get it going it's good, man. For people out there, if you're like, if you have a hard time, I recommend it for people that have a hard time like facing hard parts of their day early and like procrastinate it. Cold shower is good because like right away, you had to like tell your mind, like, hey, no, fuck you. You're going to do this thing. And then you do it, even though it's really awful. <laughs> you got to get in the shower there. Yeah. It's done once you that's over in. with. You like walk into the office or something, or you walk into like your your business or something, and you're like, I don't know about you guys, but like I could call people that like I was afraid <laughs> to call and be like, yo, what, what's going on with this? And they'd be like, whoa, 
uh, okay, I'll do that thing. Let's get this done. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like I've already gotten hit with cold shower for three minutes. Let's go. Let's get this done. Right. It, it is like a red bull. It is energizing like crazy. It's yeah. free. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's definitely something to do for, our, I think if, if anybody hasn't tried it, I'd highly recommend it just for a little bit. Not for, not for everyone, but like definitely uh, worth the checking out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like I have five questions I ask at the end, Peter. Do you have any other things that you want to like touch on before we hit that? Or is, are you cool if I ask you some of those? No, I think, yeah, I think that's about it. I know we have a lot we talk about anyway, but I want to make sure we hit these five questions for people. Sure. I ask every single person on the show. So first question is why do you wake up and do what you do every single day versus any other thing that you can do in the world? Any other thing? I mean, it's, what I've always wanted now. Um, I've always wanted to work in international relations and uh, ever since I was a kid, uh, I think it goes back to your childhood often where you end up. I do too. I've wanted to do what I'm doing since like age 14 or 15. So it wasn't like a kid kid, but as a kid kid, I got into music and that kind of led me to audio. So that's cool, man. It's cool that you ended up with it and that you're in like a gig that's like a way better day to day that feels right. Yes. And it's, it's a, it's a great fit. I love it. What would be like, say you could take this mistake. Uh, and like, I know people learn from their mistakes and it's always like a blessing in disguise, but say you could give a lesson from your biggest mistake to someone five, like five years ago, you, what would be something that you're like, Hey, I learned a lot from this, but like this totally sucked and I don't recommend doing it. Um, Do you learn from? I think biggest mistake. I think just having regrets sometimes it's, it's not good to have regrets. Avoiding hindsight bias. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Like regrets, like thinking too much on it or like living in ways that where you're like, you are regretting something you need to change it up. Just dwelling on it. No, thinking, thinking about it, you know, just going and, uh, if you're going to, ha- you know, if you- oh, I regret I never did this or whatever, just going and doing it. Yeah. I think like both, right? Like both of those are so important. Like what you just said, if you feel like you're regretting something right now or like you're going to regret it later and then you need to change it and go do something about it. But also like if you have regrets already, like stuff already happened, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you, yeah, you, so you I think letting things, go, you know, you can't, big, you can't sit in that thing. space and just be dark not worth it no it's not right flip side to it positive note what's like the best thing you've done along the way you're like damn this is the best decision i've ever made um i lived in indonesia for seven months it was no way an amazing country beautiful country uh you know it was it was so much fun uh we'll never uh, we'll always remember that as a one of the best experiences of my life if people ever want to travel to Indonesia, where should they go? Where like where are must places to go? I would say Danau Toba. It's a uh, Lake Toba. It's in Sumatra. Hmm. Uh, it's a uh, it's a beautiful lake. It kind of reminds me of Hawaii a little bit. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I got to get out somewhere like that and change up. That's like a very different culture, and I like uh, going to travel to places that challenge the stuff that I live day to day. It is. It's you know. It's one of the most biggest countries in the world, but you know, it's one of those that Americans tend not to sometimes miss miss going to. Hmm. 
what would be a couple resources or one or whatever, some resources you'd recommend to listeners? So it could be like a, a podcast, a you know, a book, a YouTube video, a movie, some music. Like what's what's some resources that you'd recommend to people that they should check out? It's worth their time. I would say uh, there's a few there. I, I'd say in terms of books, I, I'm a very big reader. I'd say if you're, you know, if you if you've hit a, a hard patch in your life, David Goggins can't hurt me is one of my all time favorite books. I think it came out about maybe two three years ago. He's all over YouTube now. Um, and if you don't want to read the book, just listen to like an hour podcast of him speaking. The guy has gone through more than uh, almost anybody I know in life. David Goggins. David Goggins. He's a former Navy SEAL. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he grew up in an abusive home. He was uh, heavily overweight. He lost like 100 pounds in three months to join the SEALs. Jeez. He, uh, he's kind of like, a, I think, like the, the guru of mental uh, toughness out there. If you're a Navy SEAL, you have yeah. to be tough, man. That's... They, the training that they do is the craziest shit. It's insane. Ever. And on top of that, he's gone through like three hell weeks, which are like the hardest thing anybody can almost do in the world. Um, oh my God. He's, he's pretty nuts. Yeah. He's almost wow. died a few times, like his heart stopped going. And yeah. So I'd say that. And then also another book uh, that I just read actually is called, it's by a, an Indian Jesuit uh, priest, <laughs> Anthony de Mello. It's called, awareness and he didn't actually publish it himself he died in 1987 hmm. and some guy some other priest picked up his writings and knew how good his writings were and, and published it uh it's just uh kind of out of the blue i found it but you know in terms of awareness i think it's so important to know you know where your mind's at a lot of times a lot of good messages in there awesome cool man and like i know that we are kind of keeping some things about uh, like, I know that like, we're kind of a, a different guest, like where, like, would people keep up with you? Like, do you want people to keep up with you? Basically, I, <laughs> usually so I, I, I have people plug <laughs> up and like, say like all this stuff, but like, you're not like a, you know, a not big on or social a band media. or something like that. So it's like, so just, I would say if they want to, uh, contact me, uh, I'd say hit me up on Twitter. I'm not that active on that, but, uh, my, uh, my Twitter name is Peter seven. Eight nine eight nine. That's pretty much it. Cool, man. Just so that people can hit you up if they want to like chat with you on any of your stuff. But I know yeah. that, like, you know, you're not like, yo, here's my thing. It's just like, hey, I'm I'm Peter Mislanka. This is what's up. This is just my life, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I always wanted to do a podcast. It's the first podcast I've ever done. You know, and thanks again so much, you know, for the the podcast that you put out because it it helped me at a a very difficult time in my life getting through Dude. it. I'm so happy to to hear that, man. Like, I'm really thank you for reaching out to me and like letting me know because I wouldn't know. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, people that are on Instagram or people that have hung out on Instagram, people on Facebook for hanging out. If you want to see any of the links of like the things that Peter noted throughout the episode, it will be in the show notes on that. Wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes and you can see all those links if you're walking a dog or you're driving a car or you're doing whatever out there. So thank you guys for tuning in.